Are you a writer or coach? Do you dream of building a successful online business? Are you tired of hearing the gurus tell you that you need a big launch or a complicated funnel software? Whether you're struggling with self-doubt, imposter syndrome, or just feeling overwhelmed by too many choices, I can help. Hi, I'm Jonathan Milligan, author of Your Message Matters, and I recently put together a free on-demand video training called How to Build an Online Business as a Writer or Coach the Low-Tech Way. Inside, you'll discover the low-tech system that 30 x my online business. Just go to freetrainingvideo.net to get started. Again, that's freetrainingvideo.net. All right, welcome everybody to the Market Your Message show. I'm your host, Jonathan Milligan, and author of the book, Your Message Matters, How to Rise Above the Noise and Get Paid for What You Know. And I've got a special guest with us for today's episode, Jill Young. So Jill is currently the head coach of EOS Worldwide. She's a certified EOS implementer, been doing that for quite a few years, and she's also a speaker. And if that's not enough, she is an author. She's actually the author of the Advantage series, which includes the Earning Advantage, the Courage Advantage, and the Thinking Advantage. So welcome, Jill. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today, Jonathan. I love talking about this topic, which is helping people um, who are maybe they're just getting started or they're starting to build a team. We're going to have a little bit of all of that today in our conversation. And I know you can speak to a lot of that, which is really exciting. So most of our listeners desire to to build their own thing. That's really what they're wanting to do. They have a message to share. They want to write. They want to speak. They want to coach for a living. But they quickly become overwhelmed with everything there is to do. So I guess my first question is, um, what advice would you give to a coach who they just feel overwhelmed? You know, it is a wonderful world. We are living in a time where there are so many opportunities. And even in this last year, Jonathan, we saw so much invention and innovation. Um, I just absolutely love what you're doing. People have a message in their heart, their soul, their mind, their brain, and uh, you're helping them get it out. So how exciting. There's just a lot to get out. So I just love what your audience is doing. But you're absolutely right. We do get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed. Uh, Jonathan, hopefully you don't get overwhelmed because you're the master of teaching us how to do all of this. But I see you smiling. So I'm just assuming you might get overwhelmed as well. I definitely do. (laughs) We all do. Well, welcome to being normal. Uh, that, That is just something that we do. And especially if you have that entrepreneurial bug. We we see the world differently, and thank goodness that we do. We're bringing a lot of value. But here's a couple of things that I share with my coaches. So I have ten coaches on my team at EOS Worldwide, but they coach four hundred coaches uh, at EOS Worldwide. We call those EOS implementers. EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So we really help company sizes of 10 to 250 employees just stop that overwhelm that you're talking about. But really, a couple of things that we need to do to really calm that overwhelm. The first one is to just clarify your vision. And I know that you help your audience do that. Just clarify the message, clarify the target market, 
And really what you're doing in this is you're deciding. And there's this really cool thing about the word decide is where there's part of the word that actually means to cut off or to kill. And when you decide to go with that beautiful, ideal, nice, tight target market, you're cutting other things off. So the world will come at you every day with other opportunities, but to the degree you can clarify your vision, and Jonathan, you help us do that, but clarify that and then just stick to it. That's probably 90% of what I do as an EOS implementer when I meet with my own clients every 90 days is I just remind them what they decided 90 days ago. Ah, we're sticking to this. And we're really avoiding those shiny things. I think if you can do that, and if your listeners can do that, you're 80% of the way there to not being overwhelmed. Agreed. And I love what you just said, because it's deciding we have to make decisions, right? It's like, if you don't decide, you invite the overwhelm because you keep your options open (laughs) to some degree. And it's hard because I know for me, when I was first getting started, you know, before I started teaching how to build a business online, I was a career coach for accounting professionals. And so that's my blog. That's what I started first. But before I actually did that, I wanted to be a career and life coach for everyone. And I quickly became overwhelmed. And it wasn't until I started deciding who my market was that I started getting clarity on, okay, I can help CPAs. I can help accounting professionals. And then it made the other questions a little bit easier, wouldn't you say? It it absolutely does. It, it I also find that to the degree we specialize, have you heard this phrase, there's there's riches in the niches. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think part of it is our mind is looking for a certain type of client. And so we will attract those just in the words that we say or the way that we act. But also what I remind, what I remind the EOS implementers almost on a quarterly basis is the more you do your work and focus on your work, your one thing, you get better. Whereas if I'm going to focus on 10 things like you did, where you said, I want to be a career and life coach to everybody, well, it's really hard to focus and be a master of everybody, but it's just a little bit easier, wouldn't you say, to be a master of those accounting professionals. So you you pour yourself into that, and then your work, once once you are in the repetition, actually becomes easier and more enjoyable so, uh, you know, it helps you get better as well. And then you just attract more clients. Well said. And so that that's a lesson is being able to make decisions and then remind yourself of decisions, like you said, to help keep you back on track. So love that. So let's talk fees, especially for coaches. <laughs> and this is more than just setting a number. It's a mental game for a lot of people. It's the, the feeling of not being good enough. Or, you know, I, I don't want to charge something and then I don't know if I have value to give. Um, I feel like an imposter, right? Trying to be somebody I'm not. There, there's a lot going on here. And I know you have worked a lot in this area and even written on it. So what would you say to somebody who is struggling? Let's say a coach who is struggling with those feelings of wanting to help people, but also feeling like they're just not good enough. 
You know, I'm really glad we started this conversation with focus. And then we moved into repetition in one thing, in one thing, because it all leads to your fees. It really does. You, you said, you know, a fee is more than just a number. It's a mind game. And to the degree you can be more confident in what you're delivering and the value that you're delivering, that higher fee just rolls off your tongue. And sometimes what I will say with our EOS implementers is choose a fee that you are comfortable saying out loud. So that's one that's one approach, and it will reflect uh, the de- to the degree that you are confident in what you're delivering. Now, I love that when they're just starting out. When they're just starting out, that's the challenge. Just where are you comfortable in charging a fee? Uh, you don't want to stay there though. You want to, that's where you start. And then as you gain those repetitions, as you gain that confidence in the material that you're delivering, you're going to feel more confident. You're going to be able to quote an even higher fee. And then just kind of on the other side of that, when, when you've reached a level where you're comfortable when you feel like you're reaching capacity, because I know some of your coaches are probably reaching capacity as well, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, then another approach to a fee is think of a fee that scares you and then double it. Mm. And, and I had a coach that challenged me on this and, oh my gosh, this was scary because this is where that imposter syndrome really sneaks in. In the beginning, you kind of know that you don't know what you're doing a little bit and you, and you feel like, um, you know, you're a lower fee. You feel a little more connected to that as you grow and get more repetitions and start gaining some mastery. What I've noticed is that some of my coaches, they don't notice or realize how much value they're really delivering. And it really takes some nice reflection, starting to listen to your clients, really receiving that good positive feedback you're getting from your clients, and then knowing that what you're delivering out into the world to your clients is really a gift. So it's that It's that mental shift from I need a client, which will keep your fees low because needy is creepy and people don't want to sign up. Uh, That shift from I need a client to I want to deliver this value. And that also adds to um, that also adds to the confidence in raising your fees as well. So get your repetitions in. That's what I heard. You got to get those repetitions in. And that sounds a lot like start before you're ready. Oh, yeah. We're never always (laughs) fully ready, are we? No, 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 no. We're never fully ready. In fact, if I I have a fun little saying that I say that if you're nervous, it's an indicator that you're ready to grow. Yeah. And the only way you're going to grow is to jump in and do it. You can read about it. You can write about it. You can think about it. You can talk to your coach about it. But until you just start coaching and jump in, uh, you're never, you're not on the path to mastery. You're actually, you're actually lying to yourself. (laughs) If you just keep taking course after course, you're a forever learner, but are you applying it? You got to get out there and do it. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that. Me too. 
Me too. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> learning feels a lot like progress and we have to learn that that's an important part of it. That's but right. we have to balance it with action. We got to take action and implement what we're learning. So yeah. and in fact, taking action, I wrote about this in my third book, The Thinking Advantage. Taking action and applying what you're learning is the way that the learning really sticks for adults. Mm. Uh, there's just, there's something about the adult brain that until we apply it, our brains are full of everything. We talked about overwhelm until we apply it physically, until we talk about it, our brains just treat that learning as um, extraneous and not important. And your brain will actually wash those memories or those learnings away. So if you're doing a lot of reading and studying, but then not talking about it, not reflecting on it, not trying it, it it's really a waste. It's going to go away. It's the, you know, use it or lose it. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You want to fully learn it, go work on it. Go That's right. <laughs> act on it. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit about growing beyond yourself. We hit it a little mm-hmm. bit talking about overwhelm, but you know, for, for many solopreneurs, they're thinking about thinking about hiring somebody to do some of the stuff mm-hmm. that they know that they probably shouldn't be doing. But in their mind, what they're saying is, I can't afford to hire someone to help me. I know that's was that was my thing for a long time until I realized that I was actually was already paying the price by doing <laughs> the stuff that I shouldn't be doing. So I guess let's launch into that a little bit about, cause I know you do a lot with helping people to develop teams, work with teams, which we're going to get to in just a second. But for someone who's starting out and they're thinking about hiring somebody, I know you, um, you know, connected with EOS. Uh, there's a great book called Rocket Fuel that you may even allude to, but it was a game changer for me. I mean, I read Traction first, then I went written, which was awesome book, by the way. And then I went and read Rocket Fuel and I walked away from Rocket Fuel going, I know exactly what I need to do. So that may or may not be your answer. I may have set you up or maybe you want to go in a different direction, but for somebody, most of them are starting as visionaries. Not all entrepreneurs are visionaries, but a lot of them are. And um, they get lost and they get, they get, they struggle in the details. So what would you have, what advice would you give for somebody who's just still on their own and they know they probably need to grow, but it's the chicken before the egg kind of thing for them. It really is. And there, there's so much we could unpack right there, but where I'm going to start is if you're a solopreneur, if you have, if you're working on your own, or maybe even you have a business partner, uh, maybe you outsource things like some, you know, some digital stuff or um, some photography, you outsource things, you use gig workers, right? The gig economy. This is, this is all great. But probably the first thing I would say, and we got to talk about the mental game too, but the first thing I would say is get an assistant. There's probably a lot of work that you're doing that, that, um, what my mentor, Gino Wickman, he calls it $25 an hour work. And if you look at what you are charging, and hopefully it's more than $25 an hour, and there's nothing wrong with $25 an hour work at all. But if you look at the value that you are putting out into the universe, what you're charging, and then what you are doing with your time, if you're doing $25 an hour work, you're holding yourself back. 
So sometimes just doing that calculation will kick somebody into, oh my gosh, I have to get some of this off my plate. In the entrepreneurial operating system, we have a really great tool. It's called Delegate and Elevate. And it's just a way for you to shuffle the things out in your life and really take an honest look at it and ask yourself, what do I love doing and what am I great at? So those things you're going to keep, keep those in your wheelhouse. And there's a few other components to this, but then the opposite side is what do I not like doing? And I am not great at this thing. And you make that list as well. And you delegate those things. So sometimes solopreneurs, um, creatives, you know, like you and I, Jonathan, like your audience, we sometimes think the next thing we need to hire is another creative. And I've actually seen that turn into disaster because then nobody is running the administrative. Nobody's making sure that our calendars are right. Nobody's making sure emails get replied to all of those things that if they're not done, the business just doesn't roll forward. So the first step, and I I even do this with my coaches, once they have five clients, I'm saying, get an assistant. And even still, they'll say, oh no, is that too soon? Or maybe I can't afford it. Maybe I'll just wait till I get 10, but get an assistant before you think, before you think you need it. Now, if your company's a little bit bigger, you've got 10 people, 20 people, then that's when we would go into that rocket fuel approach. And you actually, if you're the visionary, you actually need an integrator, Mm -hmm. which really is someone who runs the business side so that it can free you up. Same concept. So it can free you up to really spend your time doing things that only you can do. As you grow a little bit bigger, you can add another creative. But for right now, if you're a solopreneur, you're the genius, hire an assistant. That's the next step. Great advice. And I know that was my journey was, uh, you know, figuring out, oh, wait a minute, I don't need to be helping do customer service tickets. So Mm -hmm. let's get it. Let me get an assistant teaching that for a while. I was like, I just need to find the mini me. That's what I used to always say. And I think that's the, that's the wrong approach. We just think if I could just find somebody, if I could duplicate myself, that'll free me up. But you're right. You know, sometimes you've got to almost hire the opposite or you need to hire Mm -hmm. somebody where who's strong, where you're weak. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That's exactly what I'm saying. When I first hired my first assistant, I had a business partner who was just very detail. My business partner was detail minded and very um, execution driven. And I'm the opposite. I, I am definitely a visionary. I see things. I can see how things can happen, but I just, <laughs> I just can't execute. And she hired an assistant for me. And this assistant, Lindsay, she's been with me for six years now. So we're just a match made in heaven. Just love her to death. But when I first met Lindsay, I told my business partner, Julie, I said, I don't, I don't think Lindsay's the person for me. She, you know, she's nice, but she was, you know, so risk averse. And she was just talking about all of the details. And, you know, she was, um, you know, she had pictures of the map of how to get to the place where we were meeting. And I just think that will drive me nuts. (laughs) And Julie said, no, Jill, that's exactly who you need. You need your opposite. And I'm so glad she said that because I would have just hired somebody like me. I would have hired a mini me. And again, 
I would hire someone with the same strengths. And what you want to do is hire someone with the opposite strengths. You're right. Awesome. Okay, so let's shift the conversation to teams. So we've kind of been progressing through our conversation here. Now let's say we are talking to somebody who already has an established team. Maybe they've got 10 virtual employees. And and I'm sure you've seen this more than ever, especially in the last year, is it's pushed this idea of working virtually for a lot of people. And it does have its advantage for the employees, but it also can have disadvantages. Um, one that I know is it can be a, a struggle is building a culture or a team when you're you're not together. And so um, most of uh, most of the people who are following along at Market Your Message are going to be working with people that are virtual. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for someone leading a virtual team who's just trying to get everybody rowing in the same direction? You know, we're going to go back to clarifying the vision. And we have a tool for that at EOS. It's called the Vision Traction Organizer. It's on the website, eosworldwide.com. It's free. It's a free download. And it's very self-explanatory, which is great. But you just answer eight questions of where are we going? And when you do that, when you do that with your team and really for your team, it helps everybody row in that same direction. We have context as to why things are happening. And clarifying that vision really contributes to culture because then if I'm on a team and I know where the company is going, I can connect my personal vision with the company vision. And we, one of the things that we say in EOS, uh, in the EOS model is we want to get that vision shared by all. And a couple of things that you can do if you're running a team right now, get those eight questions answered. And a couple of those are, what are your core values? What's your core focus? So that's those shiny things we talked about. What's that one thing you do really well? What's your marketing strategy? So I know, Jonathan, you help with that. You know, uh, who's your target market? But just get all of those questions answered. And then then it's repetition from there. So you gather your whole entire company once every 90 days or more often if you'd like, and you just review it. Where have we been? Where are we now? And where are we going? And so sharing those results and keeping everybody on the same page, it sounds so simple. And it is by design because entrepreneurs, we need simple to make it work. But you keep doing that quarter after quarter, and you're going to keep people on the same page. And, you know, I know your question was was uh, focused on these virtual teams, but this is also good for an absolutely a necessity for teams who are working in person together as well. One thing that I've seen as I've worked with more virtual companies over the last year is they have they have mentioned that, oh, we've you know, we got to find some new ways to keep the culture going strong. But teams have had to figure out new ways to keep the culture strong for decades, for for hundreds of years even. So this is just a new little wrinkle. And I found teams have been really creative with it, and it's working. Most of what's working, just if you want some, uh, some ideas of what's working, is they're creating space for casual conversation. That's the big one. When we're working virtual, we put a meeting on the calendar, we have an agenda, we get through it, and then we leave. 
and we don't have water cooler talk or we don't meet in the lunchroom or see each other in the parking lot. So lots of teams are creating intentional space to just hang out, even if it's over Zoom or Google Meet. Awesome. So there's there's some great tips there. I heard things like having a shared understanding, a common language. It just helps everyone feel like they know what we're doing, why we're doing it. And uh, I remember the VTO. I remember filling that out when I first read um, Traction, super helpful document and clarified a lot of things for me, uh, even though it was several years ago. Awesome. Well, I know we could sit here and talk about, I could talk about this stuff for hours. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But I want people who say, you know what? What Jill has been talking about is resonating with me. I need to know more. Where can they connect with you, Jill? Where's the best place to get in touch, connect, learn more? Sure. The best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. If you just search Jill Young, Texas, because that's where I am. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Then you can connect directly with me. Uh, If you would like, you can also find my books on Amazon. If you just search Jill Young Advantage Series, you can find all of my books there. And then if you want to learn more about EOS Worldwide and the EOS implementation process for your company, you can go to eosworldwide.com. You can get to me there as well or um, LinkedIn, either one. But we have lots of free resources for you there at the EOS Worldwide website. Awesome. And we'll have all the links in the show notes. You guys don't have to remember all that. Just click on the link, (laughs) go buy the books, get in touch with Jill, connect with her. And uh, Jill, this has been fun. Thanks for stopping in and having this important conversation with us. Always happy to help entrepreneurs. That's my passion. Great. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you.